the Urban Agorist Podcast, episode number 13. My name is James, and today I have a special episode for you. Today we're going to be talking with a full-time crypto trader who goes by the name of Pavel Online. Before we get started, I want to let you know that, first of all, there's a little bit of language in this. We dropped some S-bombs and some F-bombs, so if you've got little ears or just a delicate spirit, then maybe you want to skip this one. Second of all, and perhaps more importantly, we're going to be just shooting the breeze about some financial topics. And I don't want you to take this as financial advice because honestly, I'm a podcaster who doesn't know much about the topic. And Pavel is a guy who got a D minus in finance in college. So before you go jumping into any of the stuff that we talk about today, be sure to assess your own risks, take advice from actual qualified financial advisors and do your due diligence. And with all that out of the way, let's get into it with Pavel. All right, Pavel, thanks for joining me today. Hey, thanks, James. I'm really happy to be here. You know, first time ever on a podcast, and I'm, I'm honored to be on yours. That's pretty awesome. Uh, I, the reason I wanted to have you on, um, I've been I've been really interested in sort of the the technical and practical um, like aspects of crypto, I guess. And you are a full time crypto trader. Yes. Um, so I'm. I'm interested in learning sort of how you got into that uh, and what, I mean, I've, I've never, I've never talked to anybody who actually does this kind of thing for a living, even like stock day trading. Um, And I'm sure there's some differences there that you can get into. Uh, But first, I guess, yeah, just how did you, how did you get into it? Well, it started uh, in 2017 at the very peak of the last uh, Bitcoin and cryptocurrency bubble. Uh, I <laughs> that's when had, I lost a bunch of money in Litecoin, actually. I yep. <laughs> nice. Yeah, I lost. I bought Litecoin. Uh, that was one of the first things I bought. Actually, it was Litecoin, and it was I think like three hundred and thirty dollars when I first bought it. And oh. for anybody listening, uh, the Litecoin, the price of Litecoin today is roughly ninety. Although it did get down to about thirty uh, at one point. Uh, during the crypto winter we had after that insane mania from 2017. But no, so I got in because one of my friends, he, you know, we, I was in college at the time and I just, you know, I've been hearing whispers of, you know, these happenings in cryptocurrency, you know, like this, like this insane bull run was happening. And I was focused on school and just trying to get, you know, get through that. And I came back for Christmas and one of my friends, you know, he was back too, and he'd been trading for the past two months. And he's like, dude, I've been making, you know, all this money. You know, I really, you know, I really think you should, you know, invest some, blah, blah, blah. And that was the day that I bought Litecoin, you know, for $330. <laughs> and, uh, you know, that was literally like, I think that day was when Bitcoin was at its all time high. And uh, the bubble, it was, it was the bubble. It was the peak mania. Katy Perry was sharing images on her Instagram of her, uh, her nails that were, you know, the various uh, logos of cryptocurrencies painted on them, which is a great top signal. You know, that's whenever media and figures are, you know, talking about cryptocurrency, it's a great top signal, but uh, you know, whenever you're, uh, you know, you're, you have, you, you're, you're greedy and you're young and you see, you know, like these, these coins are running a hundred times. You're like in returns, like people are getting like 10,000% returns on investment, uh, you don't care about that. You just run right at it. And, you know, that was a painful lesson I learned uh, over, you know, 2017, 2018. I like, like I said, made a lot of money and I lost all of it. Uh, well, not all of it, about 90% of it. That's uh, <laughs> still, yeah, still good, a good chunk. It is. It was, I mean, it, it wasn't a lot of money, but you know, it was, it was some savings that I had, you know, like kind of like saved up over the, uh, over the years of kind of like just working and, you know, like birthdays and all that shit. And, you know, I, I lost that money, but it was, it was a good lesson that, you know, I was like, all right, I can't be greedy. But I was like, you know, there's a lot that's happening here and I need to keep my eye on it. And so like, you know, the market kind of proceeded to dump over the next, uh, you know, year or so. And, I just kept watching it. I kept watching it. And I kept, uh, you know, at the same time I was looking for work because I was out of college finally at that point. And I just, I, I finally, like I was, you know, I, I, I had had a few like offers. I was onboarding almost once. I also actually went to work for Fidelity briefly, but, uh, and then I just, you know, I had a, uh, had an experience, uh, with, you know, one of the hiring managers and I was just, I had a terrible, just, just like, 
not getting that, but it was a terrible vibe. And uh, you know, <laughs> I can I can only imagine it, what yeah, uh, it was what kind very, of vibes you would get from a place like Fidelity. Uh, oh, god, it was it was very interesting. But like, so like during this time, I'm looking for work, and the market's tanking, and I'm and like here, like I am, like I'm like ah shit, like you know, I'm trying to go work for this. Uh, you know, this other financial uh, firm and that maybe knows their shit I and mean, maybe I can learn something here. And, you know, and I was like, oh, that didn't, that didn't work out. And the whole market's tanking, like basically like my life followed uh, the whole Bitcoin chart uh, during that time, like everything was going to hell. And then finally it bottomed out in December and January of 2018 and 19. Wait, your life or Bitcoin? Bitcoin and my life <laughs> <Both>. <laughs> and my Bitcoin and my life. Uh, Cause you know, but that was also the time when I was like, you know, I had finally, I've been working part-time while I was, uh, you know, uh, looking for work, you know, for full-time, you know, actual like professional work and nobody, uh, you know, like everybody at that point had bailed my friend that got me in. He, you know, he, he cut his losses and you know, everyone was done with it, but I saw like, I was like, Hey, prices are really low. Uh, I don't think we're going to go any lower. So I started, you know, trading a little bit and in 2019, uh, you know, it, it really started to run. Bitcoin ran uh, and the whole, you know, the rest of the alt scene ran. That's when I found Chainlink. That's when I started trading that. Um, uh, I made enough in mid-2019. That was when Bitcoin really ran. Uh, that's when I made a lot of money. And that's when I decided, okay, you know, I still didn't have a full-time job. I had only, you know, I, I've been working part-time and trading part-time. And I was, you know, that was, I was making enough doing that to sort of like, you know, have income, but like not enough to actually, you know, seriously be moving my life forward. And I was like, you know, I need to just, I, I need to go full time and just start trading and just dive into this. And what really helped me was I, you know, I joined uh, Twitter with an anonymous account, you know, that at Pavel Trades. And I started following these other traders and I started talking to a lot of traders and I just, I learned, you know, from them a lot that enabled me to really, you know, say like, okay, I'm now going to just trade full time and I'm not going to, you know, work. I'm going to dive into this market. I'm really going to, um, you know, I'm really going to just, I'm going to make it here. And, you know, what really got me into the market and I, I probably should have got to this more at the beginning is, you know, obviously I'm, you know, libertarian, I'm an ANCAP, you know, I'm all for decentralization and, you know, I, I, I thought it was just it was a good it was a good uh place for me because it was something that I had this passion for uh with my you know my philosophical convictions and I also had sort of this talent for that I found I had uh with as far as trading and making money doing that. So you so how much of it yeah. do you think is actual talent? How much of it is luck? How much of it is just anybody could learn to do this? For me, in all honesty, over the past about 18 months I've been doing it, in hindsight, a lot of it was luck. Uh, I kind of, I, my time, it was my timing really that was, mm -hmm. you know, made me lucky. And uh, um, it was my timing that was lucky. I think that, I don't think anybody can really, even I have trouble, you know, still to this day, you know, I've been doing it for a year and a half full time. I'm I'm still a shit trader compared to a lot of these guys. I'm these guys are so much better. Like these, <laughs> there's a lot of these guys. Like these are just literal like galaxy brain autists uh, that just trade so well. And I think there is a component of skill to it, and there is a component of you know you need that skill. It is born into you because a big part of trading really is your emotions. And if you're an emotional person and then you cannot manage yourself and how you react to things, then you can't really trade because if, because you can say, you say, say you enter a trade and you are, you're way up on it. Like you say you're up like 50%, you've made a ton of money, you know, it's, it's way, it's way up. You know, a lot of people like, you know, they'll buy into that euphoria and they'll say, Oh, I'm going to keep riding this. We're going to keep going. We're going to keep going. We're going to go higher and higher and higher. And I felt, that's what I fell into the trap of in 2017. That's what, you know, I thought like, okay, we're just going to keep, this is going high. We're going to keep going. We're going to keep going, 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 going. And that's not how it works. And you really need to manage your emotions. And if you can't cut that trade, if you can't just like walk away and take your profit, 
or you can't move your stop loss up, then you can't trade. But I think if you can, if you can get your emotions under control, I think anybody can trade to some extent. Uh, you may not necessarily be a full-time trader, uh, but you can trade at least on high time frames, And that's really the key thing for a lot of people that aren't, uh, a lot of people that want to trade or are interested in it, but they're overwhelmed. I recommend instead of, you know, trying to focus on like these low time frames where it's really volatile and, you know, there's these insane price movements really quickly is, you know, instead trade high time frames where it's, you know, it, it's more technical, it's more analytical, it's less emotional. And, you know, before you even actually do that, and obviously like, you know, I, I think at some point, if you are serious about trading, you should put some money down. Uh, you should trade because, you know, paper trading, I, I highly recommend that anybody who wants to trade, the first thing you should do is paper trade. You should find, you know, obviously, you know, learn a little bit about trading, find techniques, like learn about patterns, indicators, uh, what works for you and sort of look at charts, uh, find an asset that you think is going to either go up or down, uh, based on certain indicators that you see and write it down make a quote unquote trade on it, a hypothetical trade, you know, write it down on paper, hence the term paper trading and do that first. Learn sort of like sort of see if you can at least gauge what's happening. And if you can have an idea of what's happening, at least on high time frames, just based off sort of your analysis, then you can trade to some extent. Um, like I said, it takes real skill and experience to trade on low time frames and get those scalps because especially in crypto markets it is extremely volatile and you will get stopped out and then like that's the thing like price it'll, it'll be moving up and then it'll nuke down and you'll get stopped out you will lose money and then it will then proceed to go back to the point where you bought it and keep rising. And, and can uh, yeah. just for people who are kind of newer to the lingo, what does high and low time frame mean, and what does stopped out mean? Yes. Yeah, so high time frame versus low time frame is you know it's kind of like you know high time frame versus low time frame economic preference. But uh, like high time frame is it's year months to weeks to months to years. Uh, and low time frame is anywhere from 15 minutes to hours to days, uh, even to, to kind of the time frame, it kind of depends, maybe weeks, but that's the difference between there, those and by stopped out. So whenever you trade, whenever you enter, uh, whenever you buy, you know, an asset, so say I buy a Bitcoin for $20,000, uh, and you know, I think it's going to keep going higher, but I only want to lose 10%. You know, I, I think that, you know, I think that Bitcoin, you know, I think will only drop. I think if it drops, it'll it maybe go to 18,500. But if it goes, say, below that, then I want to sell. So you set your stop loss to 18,400. Uh, you know, that's that's what, ha what happens whenever you set a stop loss is the position that you've entered will sell at the price that you have set it to sell at. Uh, once certain market conditions have been met. So I so say like I bought a Bitcoin for twenty thousand dollars. I then set a stop loss for eighteen thousand four hundred dollars. Uh that was my that was my sell price. If it say it hits eighteen thousand five. Uh so once it reaches eighteen thousand five hundred, I then sell that Bitcoin for eighteen thousand four hundred. Cool. If that makes any sense. Oh yeah, it makes absolute sense. That I mean that sounds just like stock trading. Uh, yeah, same, it's, same, it's same terminology similar. and everything. What, uh, yes. what platform do you use? I'm, I'm like, obviously you're not on like E-Trade. So I use Binance, um, which is the most popular, uh, exchange for cryptocurrencies. Mm -hmm. The problem, uh, from, I think I expect most listeners are based in the U S but if you're not, then you can use it. Uh, most likely you have to have a VPN if you're in the United States to use Binance because due to regulations, uh, placed by you know the U.S. government and states uh, due to derivatives that they set you know derivatives products that they uh, offer such as futures trading and margin trading, you have to have a VPN that says you're in another country or some other place. You know you're in another country. And there is there is an option though for some U.S. residents uh, to use Binance.us. It's not available uh, in the state that I live in. 
but it probably is for you and for most others. That's what I use. But some other exchanges that you can use are Kraken or KuCoin. That's those are what, the three. Wait, I've heard of Kraken. What was the second? The, the, the other one you said? KuCoin. K U C O I N. KuCoin. Okay. Oh, yeah, yeah. I have heard that. I've heard of yeah. it. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. They got hacked not too long ago, unfortunately. Uh, it, it's, I still like it as a uh, for user uh, interface for an app, like on my phone. They have a really good app. Mm-hmm. But, you know, like I said, security problems. Uh, they, uh, they're not the best to use for security due to security. So I use Binance or Kraken, but you know, if you, if you're, if you're a little more risk, um, toler- tolerant, then you can use KuCoin, but I wouldn't recommend keeping any, you know, any exchange, uh, anytime you're on exchange, you shouldn't, uh, you shouldn't have that many funds on there. And if you have any funds on that exchange that you want to have that are like in safekeeping, mm-hmm. move them off and exchange it into a private wallet. Um, yeah. so yeah, like, do you, do you have like a just certain percentage that you're, that you're dealing with inside of your platform and then the rest is in a wallet or is that kind of fluid? Yeah, I, it kind of moves around. Like I have a few different wallets that I have my funds in. Mm-hmm. Um, I move those, you know, between my exchange accounts and my, you know, my paper wallets and my hardware wallets that I have. Um, so it really depends on what I feel I want to trade with. So say I want to trade with $10,000, you know, I trade, I'll move 10,000 from one wallet into my trading account. And, you know, I'll, I'll, you know, once I, once I'm done trading, you know, once I, I, I close that trade out, I will, you know, I'll move from that wallet, uh, on the exchange, you know, back to my own wallet that I control. Is there, is there some way to keep track of all of that? You can use coin tracker, uh, that's a that's one service. There's a few different uh, services that you can use to keep track of your portfolios. I use Coin Tracker. Uh, I although I will say that I have a lot of my stuff uh, kept track of manually. I enter in a lot of my own things. Like I have an actual like physical journal that I keep mm-hmm. a, like a ledger that I keep a lot of my uh, my movements in. But I also I also have an Excel spreadsheet that I use to keep track of things. But it, it can be difficult for people when you have multiple wallets to keep track of your, uh, your funds, you know, yeah, I, I've, I, 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 I've I, found I that and I only have like a couple, so I can yeah. imagine. Yeah. But I, I recommend coin tracker. The only problem with using those, uh, services is that you are kind of essentially, you know, if you use your real name and uh, an email attached to you, you mm-hmm. are doxing yourself, you know? So like if say, Coin tracker. I don't think I don't know if they do or not. I don't know exactly how it works. I, which is why I only have my uh, my accounts that are sort of known to um, entities that would be interested in that. That I can't avoid. Uh, yeah. You know, such, such as the IRS. Like I, I unfortunately cannot avoid them uh, entirely. Yeah. You know. And I mean, you know, I, yeah. giving your giving yourself cover. Yeah. Is is probably a smart move, really. Exactly. Yeah. But uh, you know, I. You could you could use Coin Tracker or another service like that to cool. track things. Um, before we started recording, you told me that you're better at investing than trading. Um, is that yes. what's the difference between the two in your mind? Is it really just the the time frame, or is there more to it? it? There is a sense of time frame because my so my investments I do plan on selling off uh, sometime in the next twelve to eighteen months because that that is whenever I say investing. I, that is sort of a cyclical play I'm doing. And when I say a cyclical play, uh, I mean like it is a like a cycle that I'm playing, the bull and bear cycle for cryptocurrencies that I'm playing. Because I there's there's a famous chart, uh, you can look it up, it's called the, uh, the Wall Street Cheat Sheet. And it's, you know, it shows all the various um, emotions at uh, certain price levels in a market. And I've, I think after, you know, sort of coming in, I, when I entered, I know for a fact due to, to price that when I entered the market, I entered at peak euphoria. I know that because that's what I felt whenever I bought that Litecoin at $300. Yeah. Yeah. That's <laughs> yeah. And, uh, and then I felt that despair all the way down, uh, to, you know, to 3000 or 3,200 Bitcoin, 3,300, wherever, wherever it was. And, 
I'm sort of playing based off when I say I'm investing in crypto, that's sort of what I'm using to like for my investments. You know, I'm using like that to sort of like gauge the time frames. But like also another thing like what I always say is I'm better at investing is that I have an understanding of where I think uh for me it's that I have an understanding of where the space is going uh technologically instead of necessarily, you know trading things based off of um, price action and, you know, charts and indicators and the like. And I think that's why I, I, I'm a better investor is that I, I know what the next big things are in crypto, I, I think. And so far, the price action on those investments has, at least to me, confirmed it. How are you, how are you uh, coming across that information or is it just a gut feeling? Uh, a lot of that information is gut, kind of gut, you know, it kind of is in my gut. It sort of is, you know, this, uh, there, there is, you know, like, you know, going to back to what, uh, you know, Vin Armani said a couple episodes ago on your show and what he says, it's sort of like, there is like this energy to things and there is like, you sort of do feel, you know, there is a feel to it. You, you sort of like you, you, and you only get that feeling by actually sitting in front of the screen, you know, watching charts, watching, um, you know, actually like reading and learning about blockchains and cryptocurrencies. And the way that I really learned was uh, through Twitter. And I found a lot of guys who sort of knew more than me. I found people that knew more than me. And that's how I really find a lot of my investments is ironically enough through Twitter is like, I just, I interact with people and I talk to people and I just, I watch a lot of it is just watching and seeing how people act and seeing where the money's going and like where, cause some people you have to, some people are, and it takes time to sort of see who's who in a market like you know and once you kind of realize what the dumb money is and who who's like who the dumb money is and who the smart money is and you sort of see where smart money is going uh you can at least deduce uh you may not get the you may not have the uh best pick but you can at least deduce where the money's going and what's going to pump uh going forward like for example what I sort of, how I sort of got into where I am now, which is where I'm very comfortable uh, with my investments is I, last year I found, you know, I found a community of uh, all coin investors uh, called the link Marines. Uh, they are very, you know, they, they're holders of this cryptocurrency called Chainlink. It's a decentralized Oracle network. We'll get more into that later uh, if you want to. And okay they're very knowledgeable about smart contracts and all that stuff. And I, I sort of started learning from a lot of these guys, you know, cause they're very technologically, you know, savvy. And the, like, the thing that I found that was different about them compared to other communities, you know, as compared to say TRX or, you know, the Tron community, or even, you know, I, I don't know if there's any ripple holders that'll listen to this, but like XRP, uh, you know, a lot of those people like, was that these guys, they knew what they're, they, they knew the tech, they knew what they were talking about. And it wasn't this, oh yeah, we're going to go like, you know, we're going to go from a cent to a dollar. It's like, oh yeah. Like, you know, and there was like, the, there's a lot of memes there is, and there is that, you know, I think if you're in crypto to some extent, like, yeah, you are greedy. You are, you, you want those insane returns. I mean, like, don't, don't lie, you know, don't lie to yourself. Like that, that's part of the reason why everyone is here. We all want to get rich. We all want money. Uh, but what I really, uh, what I really used for indicator was like, kind of like, okay, like, well, where are these, what are these guys doing? You know, like, where are these guys, these guys who actually know the technology, like, what are they doing? And I watched them for a while. And, you know, I first saw Chainlink, it was 80 cents. And then, you know, I was watching, I was sort of like listening to what they were saying and the market proved them right. And that's another thing too, is that, you know, sort of like if you have a gut feeling about something and if it seems like it's, uh, like it's going to um, run, then if there's like, if there's people, okay, let me rephrase that. The mark, if you find people who they don't necessarily sound smart, but like you, they at least say things that over time are proven true by the market. Uh, because when I first, you know, I, I, I first, like I said earlier, I first saw Chainlink, it was 80 cents. Uh, and it went 
to that summer, it went to $4.50. And I was like, okay, there's something here. There's something, because after out of this bear market, um, you know, after this bear market, everything just sort of like was in the shitter, nothing was pumping. And then all of a sudden there's this coin that was a couple of years ago, like a year and a half ago, 25 cents. And now despite the bear market conditions, it's up like $4. That's insane. That's, that's not, that's not normal. There's something there. And that's sort of like what I use. That's what I used to find like sort of where the market was going was like, I, I used these guys who were kind of smarter than me, you know, and still are smarter than me, you know, obviously. And I use their knowledge. Yeah. You were, well, okay. So, so you're pretty bullish on link, which you, did yes. you say that you got into it at 10 cents? No, I didn't get into it at 10 cents. No, oh. I was trading. No, I was trading it from the time it was 80 cents up okay. until well, I was trading it uh, from the time it was 80 cents to the time that it was uh, up until it started running earlier this year, not earlier, about mid this year in summer. And then I finally, you know, I finally was like, all right, you know, I have some money I put aside from trading. I need to, I need to buy this. Uh, just looking at it right now, it's at about $14, which, uh, yeah. You know, I guess I wish I had gotten into it at 80 cents. Actually, well, I, I had link um, in. So I'm I'm definitely not a full time trader. I'm just a complete amateur. Uh, I play with, you know, just exchanges. I'm on Uphold and I'm only on Uphold because uh, that's where the Brave browser sends you to get your little basic attention tokens. Yeah. By the way, if I anybody wants to know that. Yeah. If anybody wants to tip me. Um, on YouTube or whatever, use the brave brave browser and send me some, send me some, some brave tokens. Uh, anyway, so that's where I'm at. I had link. Um, and then I sort of called my portfolio a couple of weeks ago. Um, and yesterday I found out that you're super bullish on link. So I was like, okay, what the hell I'll put, I'll put a little bit more into it. Um, and actually it's, it's gone up just since yesterday, which isn't saying much, but, uh, uh, apparently I am now, um, the proud owner of a little over seven link and yes. which qualifies me for membership in the link Marines. Yes. You were a private in the link Marines. That's awesome. You were, yes. I'm, yes. That I'm is ha- this I'm, rank. I'm happy to be, I'm <laughs> happy to be drafted. Uh, you yeah. yesterday told me, um, I said something like, uh, why are you, or why are you so bullish on link? You said, on top of its fundamentals, I have over 700 memes relating to it on my phone. Yeah. Shit doesn't get memed by 4chan autists unless it's huge. Uh, what else What else are they memeing on 4chan? What's, uh, what's the next big thing? Uh, DIP, Decentralized Insurance Protocol. That's oh, cool. the one that is I'm slowly scaling into a position with. And what that is, is it's insurance you know, on the blockchain. It's people... You know, people or companies directly, you know, offering insurance products uh, to individuals on the blockchain. So I can get hypothetically, you know, I could get uh, they're develop they're developing a lot of different insurance uh, products right now, and it's it's various different you know individuals and they 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 have flight insurance. I think right now is one of the uh, ones that just launched. I think they they're working or they have a uh, a crypto. Uh, a crypto wallet insurance that they're starting to offer. They, they, they have a lot of different products and that's sort of the, uh, that's where I, I, I'm, I have only a small position in that right now, very tiny. And I'm, I'm built, I'm slowly scaling into it, but uh, that's sort of where I see the memes going right now is towards dip. And I still, the chain link is still like number one in terms of the Pepe memes and everything. Nice. Like it's, so- it's been to hell looking at looking at uh dip right now so that's that's mostly like lifestyle insurance like hurricane insurance yeah. uh, wallet insurance crop insurance for farmers yeah. which is pretty neat um the other day i was talking to sal mayweather and he told me about doc which is health insurance yeah um or something like that uh so yeah there's all kinds of different things that are kind of being tokenized um yeah do you know do you know the sort of technical stuff behind that or is it more just uh whatever looks good to you you're going to trade it uh well when it comes to trading uh trading fundamentals don't matter what matters whenever you're trading well all right i say tra- fundamentals don't matter sometimes they matter yeah. uh <laughs> like obviously fundamentals do matter they affect price but ultimately 
you know, what and it comes to trading versus investing, because whenever you're investing, you're just parking your money there and you're just you're sitting on it mm-hmm. and you're just waiting to sell it at some point. And uh, versus investing versus trading, whereas, you know, you can buy, you know, if, if something looks like it's going to go like there's a there's, there's a shit coin, you know, like like last week I bought, you know, some Tron at, uh, you know, at three cents and I sold it close to four cents and I hate Tron. I think it's one of the shittiest uh, projects out there. I, I think it's awful, but it made me enough money that I'm quite happy, you know, with, uh, with it right, right now. But uh, I still like, I hate it. I, I don't, I don't recommend investing in it, you know, but like it looked good on the chart and that's what matters whenever it comes to, to trading versus yeah. investing is, you know, whenever you're investing, fundamentals matter significantly more against technicals. I mean, obviously, like a technical, like when I say technicals, I mean price action. I will say though that price action, you know, the chart, it does matter because if, especially like on high time frames, especially when you zoomed out, because, you know, that's really where you see what's happening is whenever you're zoomed out and whenever you're looking at high timers, you're looking at years and months. And if you are just, you know, you're, if you're not, uh, like if you, if you're just looking at, uh, like, like this is, this is how a lot of guys make their money. This is how I make my money. Uh, you know, like really quick, a lot of times it's like these quick scalps. It's like, there's a lot of shit coins and like the real purpose of them, you know, like they have these pur- purposes, quote unquote, but really, you know, they only exist to serve, you know, liquidity, you know, for traders yeah. you know, to give. Yeah. And, uh, you know, that's, that's the difference between investing and trading is that, you know, it, when you're trading, it doesn't matter. Like you don't hate it. You don't date it. You just trade it. And whenever you're, yeah, you know, and whenever you're investing, it's like, you're, you're kind of marrying it though. You know, it's like, yeah, it, there's a difference. It's like, you know, like one, you're just kind of, you know, sleeping around with, and then the other, you're, you know, having a family with kids with, you know, <laughs> I guess it's a bit what of an a, analogy. What a, it's a great one. I like the yeah. don't hate it. Don't date it just trade it. That's a, that's a good, that's a good little rhyme. Yeah. Um, what, so what, how do you, how do you tell the difference between like a sort of legitimate altcoin and a shit coin? Um, well, kind of gut feeling at first, it really kind of, it's sort of, it's like, you know, like obviously like the more flashy in my experience, the more flashy and the more, marketed something is generally speaking the more scammy it is and if you find an altcoin that has you know and i'll use tron as an example because it's so high up in market cap and that uses a lot of there's there's a lot of people that you know still own it and there's a lot of advertisements for it there's a lot of promotion for it on social media is that uh, the difference really is that, you know, there's actual, uh, actually things happening, you know, with the, with the, with an altcoin that's truly building something as compared to a shit coin. There's actual like movement on the chart, like over, like, like I said, zoom out, like an actual altcoin that's building value and is generating value and is, you know, the market is like actually seeing that, Hey, this thing is, you know, there's, there's value here. It should be going up. You know, whether it's against USD or whether it's against BTC, you know, and that's something we'll get into in a minute, you know, it should be going up. It should always be a, a an asset that is truly providing value should always be trending up or, you know, sort of to the side. It should never be going just down like that. It shouldn't just be going down, you know, because it's it's not providing any value to anyone because, you know, there's, there's nothing there. And, you know, that's kind of like what, you know, earlier getting back to chain, like that's what sort of attracted me to it was that you know, zoomed out compared to a lot of these other altcoins that from the time of their launch, they went, they were way up here, you know, which is, it's, it's hard to see, you know, it's hard to visualize, you know, audio whenever you're talking about it, but whenever, you know, like Tron, like if you look at its chart from its launch to now, it's, it's just like, it's just a downward, downward spiral. There's nothing there. But as you, whereas you look at, you know, projects like Chainlink and Ren, you know, you see this, trend up over time and that's really a main like a big indicator really is is the chart you know looking at the chart is just like okay is this trending up is this trending up or is it trending down and you know it just because something's trending up doesn't necessarily mean there's value you know just because something's trending down doesn't necessarily mean that it's shit but generally speaking that's a big indicator you know because you know the market 
really because whenever because if if people are just trading something, if there's just liquidity there and no one's holding it, there's no scarcity, then nobody's there's no there's there's nothing driving uh there's nothing driving that adoption and there's nothing driving that scarcity which would cause price to go up because you know that that's kind of the difference um you know between you know cryptocurrencies and a lot of other assets is that you take direct uh custody of them in a sense whenever you buy them and sell them because you can you know it's like i can have a stock on an exchange but i can't you know take it off an exchange you know and hold it actually like you know like no, not physically, but you, you know what I'm like in a wallet. And what really, that's what kind of like what really sets like, you know, all coins apart from shit coins is that, you know, you can see this trend up versus this trend down, you know? And also like, also another thing is like looking at the uh, team, seeing how professional they are, seeing how dedicated they are, seeing how, you know, dedicated the community is as compared to, you know, like the, a lot of these, like there's like, I'm trying to think of something like, like, say I'm going to like, uh, uh, verge. Like if you look up XVG, uh, there's, there's nothing there. Like if you go ahead and look up that chart, it's going to look miserable. It's going to look terrible. I haven't heard about, I heard about in 2017. I just recently heard about it again because it pumped. Um, that's a shit coin, you know, man. Yeah. I'm looking yeah. at verge right now and it is yeah. what in May of 2018, it's at like six, seven cents. And now it's at what, like well under, well under a penny. Yeah. It's like a hundredth of, or it's like a three, yeah. seven, seven, one thousandths of a cent <laughs> like that. So what is, so what about, what about some yeah. of the, the ones that are kind of in the middle? I mean, if you look at like dash and Litecoin, um, okay. They, so they spiked back in 2018 with everything yeah. else. Um, and then they dipped and then spiked a little bit earlier this year and uh now they're kind of back on the rise not meteoric but mm -hmm. kind of holding steady um uh, yeah go on sorry that no that's it that, that's the okay. question what do you, what so do what you about think them? about ones like that that are they're not quite bitcoin but they're also not you know? i think i think those will go up in value like okay dash is i don't think dashes or monero or any of those other kind of those bigger uh, those coins have sort of held their value from 2017 and before. I don't think they're shit coins. They're definitely there. I think those are real projects, you know, trying to create real value. Um, I just think that over the next few years, they're going to be overshadowed. I mean, I, you know, I could be wrong. I think, you know, maybe a few of them could survive. You know, obviously there, I think there's, I think there's a lot of room, you know, in the market still for, a lot of competition. Okay, but what's so? Yeah. What's the what's the point of them? That's my. That, I guess that's well, my. Lot, that's my yeah, biggest it, point of confusion is why. Yeah, it, why yeah. would you? Why would you use Dash or Litecoin when you have Bitcoin Cash? Or you know, I mean, I understand the limitations of Bitcoin and yeah, you know, it takes forever and the fees are high and everything. Um, so you've got Bitcoin Cash, which is a little bit quicker and lower fees, uh, at least according to Vin. And I know that you've got yeah. opinions on that as well. Um, yeah. Why do you? Why do you need these other? these other ones that are kind of in the middle between the shit coins and the big ones. Yeah. Because I mean, a lot of these, uh, these ones that are sort of in the middle, they have like, that's the thing. A lot of these networks, they don't, they're not exactly designed to be, you know, the store of value or money that, you know, Bitcoin is. And, you know, and some of them do compete with Bitcoin. And I think that's why they will exist. Like Litecoin, for example, you know, that the narrative is that Litecoin is, you know, it's the digital silver to Bitcoin's digital gold, which I don't really buy into, but it's definitely like, you know, like you said, because of Bitcoin's technical limitations, there's still competitors to it, uh, and there will be competitors to it going forward, at least for a while. And you know, I think we've got a while to go before there is, you know, like what like what the Bitcoin maximalists like to say is that, oh yes, you don't need anything else. There's only one, just you know, Bitcoin. And I just I disagree, you know, because obviously in any market, there's going to be people who want something a little different than everyone else do. There's all, there just always is. It's just the nature of people. Hmm. And there's going to be people who want alternative currencies. And I actually, you know, funny enough, I've used Litecoin for more transactions in peer-to-peer -peer transactions than I have actually Bitcoin ever. Hmm. You know, and, and to some extent that does make sense that, you know, maybe Bitcoin is the digital gold and maybe these other ones do like, maybe like, you know, Bitcoin cash becomes more like cash and, 
and I'm not necessarily opposed to the existence of multiple ones, but I think that the market right now, and the reason that they exist is that the market's trying to figure it out, like what these, like what to do, you know, because nobody, you know, my, myself included, you know, nobody truly knows where this is going to go, you know? Yeah. And I think that, you know, and I think a, the, the reason, a big reason, you know, honestly, a big reason why a lot of them are going to continue to exist is because, you know, a lot of people, like, they have sort of this name recognition, you know, people from 2017 that are sort of coming back in or people that were aware of the market in 2017 know these names. They know Dash, they know Monero, they know Litecoin, you know, they know these names. And so they're going to come back to them. And I think that's going to sort of provide at least some value is that people are going to park their money there because they know about it and they think it's going to go up. And I think, you know, that that is, you know, unfortunately, and, you know, that's just, for, but for also fortunately, because that's the nature of markets is that, you know, this is highly speculative and I think that's why they kind of exist is due to the speculation that, you know, things will change. You what know? about, so what about like stable coins? Do you, are, are, are yeah. they, are they worth anything? I mean, obviously they're worth whatever they're pegged against, but why? Yes. Like, uh, well, suppo- be, be, because supposedly, uh, so the idea behind a stable coin is that, you know, for say, you know, for example, with Tether or US, you know, USDC, you know, US dollar coin, is that supposedly for every you know unit of that on the blockchain, there is a unit of what backs it up in reserve. So say I have, um, I, I'm forgetting, I think PAX, PAX, I think it's PAX that has gold. It's PAX, I don't know what, what the ticker is, but it's, it's a gold, it's PAXs or something like that. They have uh, an ounce of gold that uh, is pegged to each you know, coin. So in a sense, like they have, that ounce of gold saved, you know, a secure allocation somewhere, you know, in reserve. And they have that token issued on the blockchain that, you know, you can supposedly redeem for that. You know, I mean, you can't necessarily redeem it, but you know, like, you know, you sort of get what I'm saying. Yeah. Those listening yeah. sort of get what I'm saying is that, you know, it's, it's paid to that and like that it, it's in, in reserve. And that's the point of a stable coin is that it is an asset that is not natively on a blockchain and can't actually be put on a blockchain, but has a representation of it on a blockchain. And I think there is a point to stable coins. You know, I think as long as you have currencies that are not on the blockchain and you always will, there's, you will never get rid of physical money. And I don't think you should there. There's always going to be a place for stable coins to some extent. There's always going to be like gold's not going anywhere. Silver's not going anywhere. And I think that, you know, if if and it will really it what really boils down to for stablecoins is do you trust the person or the entity that has the asset in reserve? And you know that's that's sort of the point of stablecoins. And I you know like if you have an independent auditor coming in and auditing you and looking you know at you know the the custodian you know, of those assets you know I I would trust it you know but. Uh, like for example, I trade, I, I store my, my currency, any, anything I have, like I, I don't actually keep my money in Bitcoin. I keep it in us dollar coins, which is USDC. Hmm, okay. Uh, yeah, because I, you know, and yes, Bitcoin is a store of value and yes, it's been going up and I'm kind of kicking myself for, you know, holding dollars <laughs> instead of Bitcoin, you know, in my, you know, my, my, uh, my, my reserves, but, uh, I'm, I'm not that like what, but I, I care more about sort of having like something that's stable. Cause I think that, sure. you know, my other investments can at least outpace Bitcoin or I can at least out trade Bitcoin to some extent. So when you're setting yeah. a, st- when you're setting a, a stop limit order, stop limit order on Binance. Yeah. Um, and so is your, is your Bitcoin then converted to USD, USD coin or. So there, yeah, so there's, there's, there's actually different trading pairs and that's something sure. I wanted to get into actually was that. Yeah. That reminds really, me a little bit of Forex. Yeah. So. Yes. Yes. It's extremely like Forex. Yeah. Okay. Yes. Yeah. What really got me, uh, I'm sorry, let me re- re-say that. Uh, what really differentiates, um, cryptocurrency, you know, from other markets besides Forex is that you have the same asset being traded, uh, you know, against each, like you have, it's almost like it's a weird mixture of commodities and Forex in a way. And you have different trading pairs. For example, like a lot of people trade, a lot of traders trade Bitcoin against alts. And 
you know, they're trying, cause they're trying to increase their Bitcoin holdings. They're trying to quote unquote stack sats, you know, Satoshi, you know, yeah, a, yeah, yeah okay. a, sat, a sat is for those listening. A sat is a Satoshi is one, 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 one hundred millionth of a Bitcoin. And, you know, that's obviously, you know, how we, we break it down. And because nobody, I mean, okay. If you have size, you're trading with a full Bitcoin, but your average person wouldn't trade yeah. with a full Bitcoin. They'd be trading with Satoshi's. And actually yeah. I've, there's an app on my phone that uh, like gives you free sats for doing oh, no little tiny mini games, like spinning, you spin a wheel and it gives you, it gives you, you know, a hundred sats if you win, or oh, um, hey. when you, when you make purchases using USD or you can make purchases using Bitcoin, um, uh, you just purchase, you know, gift cards with this app. It's called Fold. Um, actually, I think I've mm-hmm. I think I've advertised for Fold on this show. I have to look, but uh, anyway, yeah, I, I have a I have an affiliate link for Fold, so I'll probably put yeah. that in in one of the in, in the show notes and on the on the outro. So uh, yeah, I guess yeah, listeners can it. can go find my Fold link too. Anyway, yeah, it's a good way to to just get free sats basically for nothing. You just remember to spin their wheel every day, and and you're and you're and you're making little itty bitty tiny incremental bits of money um, that eventually, I mean, you know, you're sending. Uh, it, a little bit into your Bitcoin wallet every couple of weeks. And uh, yeah. it's just, you know, it grows and grows and it's kind of a good way to get into it. If you're not willing to, or ready to actually put money into it. Yeah. But yeah. Yeah. Getting back to what I was saying about the, uh, the pair trading pairs. Like yeah. The, sorry uh, about that. Yeah, no, you're, no, you're <laughs> fine. No, you're fine. No, I was doing it for myself, not you. Like I, I was trying to remind myself cause you know, I've kind of been re- meandering a lot today, unfortunately. Uh, no, so like the different, what really, uh, there's a, there's a big difference between trading Bitcoin pairs and dollar pairs. So people, a lot of traders, uh, they trade Bitcoin, they trade Satoshi's for alts. Uh, you know, and a lot of people they chart alts uh, with Bitcoin. You know, and and whenever you're trading, that's something that's actually you know you need to keep in mind whenever you are trading uh, cryptocurrency is that. You know, not only do you need to necessarily watch the stablecoin pair because I trade with dollars and I, I actually I mainly trade uh, futures now. Uh, which is, you know, which is, it's, it's a little different than spot. Uh, it's contracts and, you know, it's leverage and all that. But, uh, and I, for that, I use, you know, I use us dollars, you know, I use tether, which is USDT and, uh, you know, there's, there's different charts and they affect each other. And for example, like, and you can also tell what's happening sort of, you know, in the market between them. So for example, like say, um, you know, like a lot, a lot of times whenever, you know, the joke is that no matter what Bitcoin does, it, it fucks over alts, uh, you know, and, uh, you know, but, gen- but generally speaking, whenever you have an altcoin that is uh, going up, and that's actually another thing I should talking about earlier, I should have brought up is whenever you're uh, talking about, you know, identifying a shit coin and an alt- like an actual decent altcoin is that, you know, is it gaining value in USD and BTC? Because if it's, you know, gaining value against, you know, because a lot of people trade dollars, a lot of people trade Bitcoin and those charts are, and if they're, if they are correlated exactly, then you have an asset that is extremely bullish because if it's gaining value against dollars and gaining value against Bitcoin, which is already gaining a shitload against dollars, you, you, it kind of signals that, you know, this is something that you want to, you know, park your money in. That makes um, any sense. What about what about uh, utility coins? Are you familiar with those? A little bit, actually. I'm not as uh, I, I know a little bit about utility coins. Uh, like I think uh, I think I think Orchid is. Yeah, I think that's what I'm thinking of. Is Orchid? I think Orchid is the closest one I can think of that I might know of because it's like a decentralized uh, VPN network where they use the tokens for uh, bandwidth. And all that. I don't fully understand that one, but I, I sort of know. I'm not really into utility tokens all that much. The okay. closest thing I can think of to a utility token is the Chainlink token because it's used on chain for you know for transactions between oracles between sure. nodes. Yeah. So does that just mean basically that it's uh, it's used for something other than yeah store of value or medium of exchange? Yeah. So yeah, utility. Yeah, utility token. Yeah. Sorry, I was thinking about that. Uh, no. but yeah, a utility token. The real diff. Where a utility token really is used for is it's not a store of value and it's not really money per se. It, it, it can be a currency and it is used for on-network transactions, obviously. Uh, but utility tokens, and this is kind of the interesting thing about blockchain is that, you know, 
these assets aren't necessarily like shares necessarily per se, but like they actually function as, um, as the collateral for actions on a decentralized computer network, essentially. Mm-hmm. And I'm not really super into uh, the technology and like, you know, the applications necessarily of a utility coin. I don't, I'm not, that's not my area of expertise per se, but I do, uh, I do know that there is some really interesting things being done with, you know, as far as like using like tokens and uh, utility, like utility tokens, like for like decentralized computing, you know, and all that. Yeah, that's not really an area I know that well. No. Okay, great. So have you, do you have any experience with or know anybody who uses trading bots? Are they, are they a gimmick? Oh, are they, are they legit? Uh, Uh, Is it seen as cheating in the trading community? No, no. Algorithms are accepted and they're part of the game. Uh, You know, I mean, I know several algorithmic traders. These are guys who are, you know, they, they're smart programmers and they've, you know, they're really good they're really good traders. And, mm-hmm. you know, and if you can build it, and that's the thing, if you can build an algorithm that actually is profitable because it's hard to build an algorithm, I, I could never do it. I'm not savvy enough, Sure, but uh, you know, anybody that is actually skilled enough to do it and uh, you know, like make one that's profitable, like it's, it's not necessarily frowned upon. And I know guys will develop algorithms and then sell them. Uh, to people or make them public. And eventually what happens though, you know, generally what happens with algorithms, and this is why you can't rely on algorithms is uh, because more people use them and, you know, other algorithms pick up on that. And eventually you, your algorithm gets factored into the calculations and you're just another part of the market and you don't have an edge anymore. And which is why, you know, it's no algorithmic trading, not frowned upon. It's totally acceptable. Uh, But it's definitely, um, it's definitely, it, it can't, you know, the best algorithms, you know, they can't really replace, you know, your gut and like, you know, you like that human component to trading. And the fortune memes, of course. Yes. And the memes, the memes, you can't account for memes. I, like The yeah. thing is, I, I thought you were kidding about that, but I think you actually are serious. Like. Oh, about the, memes. Yeah. Yeah. Is that, is that, that's, so that's really a way that you w- would say to someone trying to get their feet wet in this, yeah. uh, look to where the 4chan traders are placing their attention. Absolutely. And that's the thing though, you, be aware though, a lot of times with biz and the 4chan types is they will, you know, they'll, they will pump up coins that are bullshit, you know, like, you know, you have to be aware of that. But if it's something that's consistently done over time, like for example, I know for a fact that during 2017, 4chan was on, on biz, they were memeing a lot of coins, you know, into pump and dumps. And so you have to be wary of that. But over time, if there's consistent memes, you know, and it kind of goes back to the whole memetic thing that we were discussing earlier, is that if there is really like a lot of meme energy around something, then that means that there's something happening there. Like you can't did like the fact that for the past 18 months that I've been watching it, the autists, uh, you know, on, you know, 4chan have just been cranking out memes about Chainlink, and the price has just gone up over time and the me and the memes keep getting better. You know, like that's the thing, like they're not stopping, you know, it really shows that there is something there. And, you know, and I, I, it's really weird to think that, you know, the uh, the Egyptian god frog of chaos is a uh, is a great yeah. indicator of uh, where where things are going to go. You know, well, but like, yeah. Look, I mean, if our money's right and we're in a new age of magic, yeah. there's probably no better spell for this kind of thing than memes. So exactly. Um, so is Biz the board to go to if you're if you're looking for this information? Are there others? Uh, Biz is a good place to go to. I mean, obviously Twitter. You know, I mean it's. Twitter is a, you know, I mean, anybody who's used Twitter knows that that's a cesspool and it's hard to, it's, it's hard to find a lot of information, but if you can find a good community of people, like, you know, like if you can find, like you can find like any crypto people, like you can find on Twitter, like crypto Twitter is a thing and it's a very big thing. And, you know, obviously I'm not, I'm not a big part of it. I only have, you know, a couple dozen followers and, you know, there's, there's a lot of big accounts, but it, 
really, that's really where a lot of this shit's happening. If you can just like find, you know, and obviously, you know, you were going to put my, uh, my, uh, my handle in the description. Mm-hmm. So, you know, if anybody wants to, you know, just go and go and just peruse the accounts I follow, you know, a lot of them are shit posters, but you know, some of them are really skilled traders too. I mean, and you'll see a lot of like the same thing. You know, you'll see what I'm talking about. There's a lot of this meme energy going on yeah. and there's a lot of like, there's just, there's a lot of magic happening for, you know, like, like for a lack of a better term. And I think actually that is the most accurate term. It kind of is this magic that is happening. Um, other than, yeah. other than finding who you follow on Twitter, which I'll definitely link to, yeah. link to that. Um, how else do you find people on Twitter? Like what do you search for certain hashtags or? Yeah, you can use hashtags. Uh, so, you know, Twitter has hashtags obviously, but a lot of people don't know this. That Twitter also has what's called cash tags, yep. whereas instead of putting, you know, the hash, you know, or the pounds sign, you put a dollar before, you know, something. So like, say like, you know, there's, there's financial and stock Twitter. So like, you can like type in, like do a cash tag, like you know, like cash TSLA for Tesla and you can find like all sorts of tweets about Tesla, mm-hmm. you know? And, uh, yeah, you know, you've got a, yeah. you've got a, you've got a cash tag link on your Twitter. Bio, yes. So that'll be a good yes. example for, for everybody. Yeah. And if you, if you, if you tap that, you can find the link Marines and you can find, you know, all that, uh, you can, you can find like, and a big, keep in mind that there's a lot of bots on Twitter, you know, and you yeah. definitely need to keep your wits. And that's the thing about, you know, cryptocurrency, is that you need to keep your wits. I mean, it's just investing and trading in general, but really crypto because of the scams, you know, are they're abundant. And uh, as you know, anyone who knows anything about this, like who's, you know, like I, I like from what I've said, you know, if anybody can glean from that, it's pretty fucking scammy. Uh, a lot of these projects, you know, but uh, I kind of, I was meandering there, kind of lost what no, I was saying. Okay, and here's another yeah. here's another good cash tag that I found uh, just right now clicking around. So I clicked your your dollar sign link yes. um, and uh, the cash tag just dollar sign alt gives you oh, yeah. a ton of good altcoins. Um, yeah. I don't, but the thing is now how reliable are these people? How do I, how do that's, I know who to follow? And that's the key. You can't, you have to watch people. You have to, you have to be present and you have to, you know, like feel it out and see, you know, like it's, it's sort of like just watching. You have to lurk. And it's just sitting there and being patient and, and mm-hmm. just absorbing. That's really the, like a lot of, I, I've realized like, you know, kind of like looking back, I've kind of just been like meandering around a lot of these things. I've sort of just been like giving these long winded, you know, descriptions. And like what I've sort of like, you know, kind of realized past few seconds, like now I'm saying that is like a lot of like this information you can really only get by sitting there and just like absorbing it and just like feeling the energy, quote unquote, you know, and like just, just reading and seeing what people are doing. And like, if people are consistent, you know, if someone is open and honest about, you know, like what they're doing, like for example, for link, a guy I like to follow for, uh, for Chainlink stuff. He's a, uh, it's, it's at Squatch crypto. He's really, uh, he's really good. I, you know, I, he doesn't follow me or anything, but he's just, he's a big chain link account. He's really good. Uh, you know, for like, for traders, I guess if you want to get another, like another suggestion for people, it's, it's Loma. He's a really good trader to follow as well. You know, like sort of like, just like a, jumping like jumping off point but you know like it's it really kind of is like you just you gotta find people and just you know follow them and build trust up you know over time you know like like let them build trust up with you you know with their calls and with their takes because you can't you know you can't just uh yeah you you can't just get that information just like just by looking at like you have to like follow it you can't just like sit there and be like okay yeah this is you know what i need to do like this is like you know you need to absorb it all right. Yeah. Um, so, what else? You got any more advice for for the for the aspiring or terrified uh, actually, Joe investor few, slash trader? Yeah, I wrote down a few few notes. Oh, good. Yeah, actually. Yeah, is uh, yeah. So, like, whenever like if you actually want to get started, and I I never use my notes at all during this, but uh, you know, like yeah, obviously, I would recommend if you want to get started, use a VPN. You know, definitely, like you want to mask yourself as much as you can stay anonymous as much as you can uh get your mo- get your money off exchange now uh if it's not your keys it's not your coins you know if you because when i when i say that is you know if you if you have you need the private key to the wallet and what i you know i not for what i use for uh my most secure wallet that i that i use and i recommend others use is it's a hardware wallet it's called ledger nano s 
you know, it's uh, it's by a company called Ledger, and you can buy that online. I think they're sixty dollars. Uh, yeah. They're they're not that expensive. It's worth it, you know, especially if you have significant holdings, uh, because you know, if you have money on exchange, it could get hacked. It could get you know taken by the exchange. You could get seized by authorities somewhere. Mm. You know, and if, you know, whereas if it's, you know, your hardware wallet that you can hide or you can place somewhere, store somewhere that you know, or if it's a, you know, it's, it's a paper wallet where it's an actual uh, string of, you know, of it's the actual key you can remember or write down yeah. somewhere, you know, definitely get off exchange. Um, and what else? Uh, yeah. Oh, and your security. And, oh, and it's 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 important yeah. too uh, when you're when you're purchasing a hardware wallet. I learned this actually while I was looking at them um, yeah. to actually buy the wallet from the manufacturer. I think yes, rather that's than exactly like Amazon what or whatever, because you never know where they're coming from. That's exactly what I was about to say. Yeah, do not absolutely absolutely do not under any circumstances buy a hardware wallet from any source besides the company website, and mm-hmm. make sure it's the actual company website you're buying it from. Yeah, uh, because I've. I've seen examples of very legitimate uh, looking scams where, you know, they, they have these wallets, you know, they've, they've purchased them and then they send them out to people, but they've loaded them with malware before. And, you know, they've cracked, they've, or yeah. they've, you know, they've, they've altered them physically in some way, you know, that there's, you know, they actually on the motherboard, like in the, 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 uh, the wallet, there's, you know, there's a, there's a flaw. And just as someone who, as someone who has done his fair share of selling stuff on Amazon, I mean, you know, it's one thing I've sold everything from electronics to diapers on Amazon. Uh, Obviously I've never scammed anybody, but it would not be difficult to do it. I mean, just open the box, load it up full of whatever, shrink wrap it and send it to Amazon's warehouse and, and you're set. So, Oh yeah. Yeah. There's that's, that's happened a lot. And also another thing is, uh, another Avenue just, you know, for anybody else is, uh, to be, to be wary of is two factor authentication. You know, uh, I've seen like uh, your phone people think that because their phone is connected to the, uh, the trading account that it's somehow safe. It's not, you need you know, just like it, it's, it's generally safer, you know, it's, it's nicer to have your phone attached, but like you are still uh, susceptible to a SIM swap attack where someone will call your telephone, telephone provider. And, you know, they'll, they aren't, they, they'll lie and they'll pretend it's you and they'll somehow get access to your phone number and they'll get your code. They, you know, they'll get your two factor authentication code that the exchange will send to you and they'll log in and they'll, you know, get your stuff. And that's generally, that doesn't happen to people unless they're more well-known, you know, because it takes knowledge of who has holdings, you know, to sort of get them. Uh, but yeah, that's just like something you have to be careful with is two-factor authentication. So if you do have any two-factor authentication uh, services turned on, I recommend, uh, even though it's Google, I re- uh, it's, it's still slightly better is Google yeah. two-factor authentication, you know, because you can at least... Because they've got a they've got a specific app. It's not just sending a text to your phone number. Yeah, exactly. It's a you know, and it's a little it's a little more secure, and it's it's tied to that device in a lot of ways. And there's only like one backup you know seed for it, and it's given to you. It's it's a little more secure, or even more secure than that. Uh, I forget what it's called, but there's actual hardware two factor authentication devices that you oh. just plug into the USB port, and that is also like the best way to really secure any like trading accounts is like with a hardware two-factor authentication mm-hmm. device or Google Authenticator. Cool. Yeah, I use Google Authenticator for for a lot of stuff actually. It's great because the authentication code changes every 60 seconds as opposed yep. to who knows how long that one that your bank texts you will last. Yeah. So. yeah. All right, cool. Well, I'll make sure to link to your Twitter feed, your Twitter account. Um, is, there, is there anywhere else that people can find you? Uh, nope. Just, just, just on Twitter. That's okay. uh, just my, you know, just my, my, uh, my account, which, you know, I, if anybody's, you know, looking to, for some amazing knowledge there right now, it's kind of just shit posts. Uh, you know, if people start following me, I'll, I'll probably start, you know, I'll start tweeting a little more useful information. Okay. Perfect. Out. But yeah, your memes are, yeah. your memes are great too. So thank you. I appreciate oh, hey, that. Speaking of your yeah. Twitter, I wanted to ask you, um, for the record, did you actually get a D minus in finance on your second? Oh, try? Okay. Yeah, actually. So it, okay. It was not a D minus. My school did not offer D minuses. The lowest grade that I could get and pass was a D. 
Although if it was at a school that offered, uh, that had the D or sorry, didn't offer, but had the D minus and the, the, the minus and the plus system, I would have got a D minus. Great. Yeah. That, that's and super that, and relatable. That, I, yeah, yeah. I, fa- I failed accounting once and then got a D in it and kind of passed. I'm not sure if I ever actually like completed my accounting credit and maybe they just let me graduate. But, uh, anyway, so yeah, we're, we're, we're both kind of finance and accounting tards. So that's awesome. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, I, you know, let's I'm, get, I'm a let's, get, let's get, let's get rich on crypto together. Oh, hell yeah. <laughs> Thanks so much, Pavel. It's been a pleasure talking to you and I will see you on Twitter and elsewhere. All right. Thanks James. Thanks for having me on. I really appreciate it. All right. Thanks again to Pavel for joining me today. Uh, after we stopped recording, he gave me one last piece of advice, um, and it's a pretty important one. So I'm going to go ahead and let you know that he would advise against trading with leverage until you're consistently profitable. Um, and if you do trade with leverage, then be sure that you keep that leverage pretty low because, man, if there's one way to lose your shirt pretty darn quick, it's getting in over your head. Uh, with money that you don't actually have. Um, And with that, uh, I'm going to have a ton of links to some of the things that we talked about. I also created a list on Twitter that you can follow, uh, and it contains a whole bunch of crypto traders and that sort of thing. So if this is something that you're interested in, follow the links in the show notes. Uh, I did sign up for a Binance account, and there's a ton of education on there. So even if you're not going to be trading, so it might be worth it to sign up, even if it's just for the educational opportunity. Also, on Monday's episode, I mentioned that I'm going to have some big announcements coming for the show, and I promise you I will have those coming. Um, Not everything is set in stone as of yet. Uh, but there's going to be a bit of a rebrand of the show. I'm thinking that urban agorism is probably um, not the permanent direction that the show is going to go. So given that I'm only 13 episodes in, I figured I would go forward with a rebrand for kind of a more holistic approach. Uh, I won't be changing too much of the content that's already out there. Um, we will continue to focus on living free, self-sufficiency, um, things like today's episode where we're interviewing people who are making money on their own. Um, But uh, in keeping also with the interview that I did with Vin Armani a couple of weeks ago, I'd like to go in a direction that um, maybe getting into some spirituality and some other some other more kind of esoteric topics. And to that end, um, I think that probably it's early enough in the stages of this podcast where if I were to do a rebrand, I wouldn't lose too much of my audience and actually might gain some audience. So if that's something that interests you, feel free to reach out. If it's something that you're totally opposed to, also feel free to reach out. The best way to get a hold of me is to DM me on Twitter. That's at James LJ. Um, you can also find me on MeWe various other social networks, but Twitter's probably the best. And with all that being said, until next time, as always, live free. This is the way-